I'm Barbara Bogave, and you're listening to How Governments Can Help or Harm Entrepreneurs on America Abroad. Every year since 2002, the World Bank runs something called the Doing Business Project. It ranks 189 economies by 10 criteria to determine where it's easiest for firms to do business. The criteria focus on how government shapes business regulation. For instance, they look at things like whether those regulations are effective in helping startups or can businesses get city permits or electricity quickly. The winners were... Singapore, followed by Hong Kong, and New Zealand. The U.S. is number four. Frederick Munier is a member of the Doing Business team. I asked him what makes Singapore the standout. The government is making it easy for entrepreneurs to start uh, their business and operate every year. They have two new reforms last year, for example. They introduced online uh, registration for property and land, and they also increased the rights of borrowers uh, to get access to the information. Singapore has topped the ranking for a few years, and every year the government is making it easier uh, for you to start and operate a business. For example, if you want to start a business in Singapore, you go online, you file your article of association, and you get a tax number and everything. So everything, it's in a few minutes. If you want to start a business, let's say in New York, first you have to reserve your name, then you have to file your articles of association, then you have to apply for the federal employer's identification number, then you have to apply for the uh, state's uh, registration tax, and etc. So you have different requirements that were streamlined in Singapore and also in New Zealand and in other countries that made life easy for entrepreneurs. And in the end that you see like for Singapore, you have nine new limited liability per 1,000 inhabitants a year. In New Zealand, it's about 15 new LLC per 1,000 inhabitants a year, which is way higher than the average in the world. So there is an impact of making life easy for entrepreneurs. Huh, well, I'm looking at the top 10, and that includes starting with Singapore, Hong Kong, China, New Zealand, the U.S., Denmark, Malaysia, South Korea, Georgia, Norway, and the U.K., and I understand what you're saying, that a well-organized economy and well-organized, efficient government eases the way for business. But that's a wide variety of countries in that top 10. What do they all have in common? They have the commitment from the top to reform. That's the first thing you need in a country to make reforms. They all have in common that over the past years, they implemented reforms, and it's not a one-stand project, that the, the government was really committed to reform, and that made a difference in the end. Um, they also streamlined the requirements for businesses in a way that they should comply with the regulation, but at the same time, they shouldn't spend too much time on the process. They should spend time on their business. And in all these countries, uh, an entrepreneur can easily start a business, pay taxes, and uh, enforce contracts. And that's uh, an effort over a long time. Well, they're very different categories. It's, it's interesting. Your categories, and you, you've just mentioned some of them, they include ease of doing business and protecting investors. But they're also really nitty-gritty things like, like getting electricity and, and dealing with construction permits. So how do you weigh those out? And, and do all those things get equal weight when you're ranking countries' uh, support of entrepreneurship? This is a really interesting question. So as I was mentioning before, we have 10 indicators from starting a business, electricity, building permits, property rights, enforcing contracts, etc. So we do not assign weights. We just look at the distribution on each of, of the indicators and we have a simple average of all indicators. And in the end, we get the ranking. So this is just a simple weight because we think that the simple, uh, it needs to be simple so that people understand the way we do it. And that's why the doing business gets so much attraction, because it's easy to understand. That's really simple and transparent methodology. 
Now, why don't we see a country's GDP or, or number of billionaires as part of the criteria for your, for your <laughs> rankings? I mean, isn't, isn't that important, how much wealth is in any particular country and whether a country has a whole pool of angel investors? It's it's a good idea. I will uh, I will pass it to my manager. But the, um, <laughs> you're the, laughing. Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because we look at small and medium sized enterprises. So we really look at the regulations that apply to small businesses from five mm. to ten employees, and we look at the burden that they have to suffer when they have to operate their business. Uh, actually, we are looking at other indicators to expand the scope of uh, of the report. But it's more about technology, uh, labor regulations, and other areas of regulations. But uh, I, will, I will think about this idea of billionaires. That's a good one. <laughs> and you'll credit us, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> one of the places you might think of as a startup nation is Israel. It has a booming high-tech sector, and it's gotten a lot of attention for the innovative thinking coming out of there. But even so, it ranks pretty far down on the World Bank's Doing Business Project, coming in at number 38. From Jerusalem, reporter Linda Gradstein looks into the reasons for this discrepancy. Every Thursday late afternoon, just before the Israeli weekend starts, all of the 50 employees of Fourier Systems gather in the company's meeting room in Rosh Ha'ayin in central Israel for snacks and a science lecture, this week on jellyfish. The 25-year-old company makes tablet computers with sensor-based technologies for teaching science in high schools and recently won an award for the best new digital device. CEO Ken Zwiebel says the company started with two guys who had an idea. Then the Israeli government stepped in. I have never seen another government around the world that has been as encouraging as the Israeli government is and as helpful as the Israeli government is in helping get startups off the ground. And I think that one of the reasons why you see so many young entrepreneurs coming out with ideas and, and forming companies around them and coming up with such great ideas that end up getting to market is because of the government support and projects like the incubators. There are some 20 incubators around Israel. The Israeli government offers no-risk loans of half a million dollars as well as office space. Zwiebel, who used to work in an incubator, describes it like being in your parents' garage, only better. So you kind of get thrown into an office setting, of course. You're working in a very kind of open environment with three, four, or maybe even ten companies all working together. There's a lot of camaraderie that's built inside the incubator between the companies. CEOs are helping each other out, get to market. I know this person, I know that person, I can help you here, I can help you there. And technologists are helping each other out, helping each other out with code, helping each other out with technologies and new technologies. Israeli Foreign Ministry spokesman Paul Hirschen says the Israeli government works hard to identify potential markets and investors, often bringing them to Israel. Often called the startup nation, the government says Israel has more startups per capita than anywhere else in the world. We had 26 exits, uh, 11 IPOs in NASDAQ, and 15 M&As, uh, mergers and acquisitions. That's Uri Adoni, a partner at JVP Media Labs, part of one of Israel's largest capital venture funds that controls more than $1 billion. He says Israel has a unique pool of entrepreneurs from both the cyber units in the Israeli army as well as hundreds of thousands of immigrants from the former Soviet Union. Israeli culture, he says, encourages innovation. In Israel, if you don't make the first startup, you go and make the second startup, or the third startups. And actually the community, whether it's your family or your friends or the investors for that matter, they don't label you as a failure because you took the chance, you 
dived into the water, and some succeed, and most don't succeed. But once you move beyond the high-tech industry, the picture is not nearly as rosy. Uh, the second uh, entrepreneurial culture is the one that uh, involves the rest of the economy and providing kind of normal goods and services uh, directed towards the domestic market. And here, Israel doesn't have such a very strong performance at all. That's David Rosenberg, economics editor of the Israeli Haaretz newspaper in English. The biggest obstacle, he says, is a cumbersome bureaucracy. Uh, here, the entrepreneur will typically come up against a rigid bureaucracy, uh, labyrinthine tax regime, markets that are often uncompetitive or uh, controlled by monopolies, and so the attraction of going to business is relatively low. He says Israel, though a Western country in many ways, still has a Mediterranean bureaucracy. Israel, for better or for worse, is in many ways, certainly in terms of government and bureaucracy, more like Greece and Italy or Spain than it is like Sweden or the United States or England. Government operates with a very heavy hand. It's very, very inefficient. And um, I think that's the key barrier. Yosef Abramowitz, CEO of Global Energia, agrees. He says that in the renewable energy field, different government offices have overlapping responsibility, and it can be cumbersome to navigate. His company has just closed on building the first commercial solar field in sub-Saharan Africa at a youth village in Rwanda. It will eventually supply some 8% of the country's power. Israel itself, we're a small country. We are a technology hub from the north to the south and in the center. Uh, we're small. We're, we're like New Jersey. So I don't think there's a country like us uh, that really has the combination of the uh, military, the research institutions, the kind of uh, immigrant base with, with higher education. He says that's why Israel will continue to be a high-tech superpower. Now it's just up to the government to streamline the bureaucracy. In Jerusalem, I'm Linda Gradstein for America Abroad. You're listening to How Governments Can Help or Harm Entrepreneurs on America Abroad. Coming up, how the government helped Walt Disney become such a success. To learn more, and you can also see photographs, just visit us on our website, AmericaAbroad. Dot org.